0: All right, everybody. It's nine o'clock. Let's get right into it. This is a uh, series that we do Monday through Thursday at 9 p.m. on Twitter Spaces, but we have got a special show tonight. We're doing this Sunday night, nine o'clock. I'm Alan Gay, and this is Now D1 Speaks. We are super excited tonight. We have got Casey Dill joining us. Hey, Casey, are you out there?
1: I'm here. Thank you very much. I've, I've been listening to your shows, and I love what you're doing, and I'm looking forward to
0: having a conversation with you. Oh, tonight. man. Thank you so much for those kind words. We absolutely appreciate that. Why don't you kind of introduce yourself to us and uh, kind of give us a little bit of a background, like where you went to college, what what you even majored in, and what kind of got you into baseball at the beginning of your uh, your life?
1: Yeah, sure. So I graduated high school uh, in 2002. Uh, After that, I played junior college baseball up in Northern California at a junior college called uh, Shasta College. Uh, From there, I went on and played uh, on scholarship at Chico State, which at the time was one of the top uh, Division II programs in the country. I had the opportunity to play uh, twice in a Division II College World Series. Um, I had some opportunities to play after college, but I knew they weren't long-term opportunities. I knew that baseball um, was what I wanted to do with my career and and kind of dedicate my life to uh, at that time. So I immediately um, started getting into coaching. Uh, At the age of 23, I managed my own summer collegiate team. Um, At the age of 27, I became the youngest manager in professional baseball. Uh, Three years after that, the Atlanta Braves sent me to Major League Baseball Scout School, where I became a full-time scout uh, after that. Um, All during this, I've also uh, managed five years of independent professional baseball. Um, I continue to scout uh, for the MLB Partner Leagues. I continue to uh, manage summer collegiate baseball, and I now currently coach um, also at a junior college here uh, in Southern California. Uh, I run a summer league. Uh, <laughs> I do a lot of different things, so I don't want to try to get too far off track. But um, what I would say is, uh, early on in my career, um, when I decided, when I was transitioning from playing uh, to coaching and scouting and managing, was um, man, tr- trying to make it in baseball uh, at any position is really tough. So I kind of put myself out there um, and was willing to do anything. I said that, that you know I'm going to give myself the greatest chance to to kind of make baseball a career then I want to learn how to do everything because the more things I know how to do, then the more job opportunities um, I'm going to have available to me. So that's why I've been a scout. I've been a college coach. I've been a professional manager. um, I run a summer league. Um, It's because if you want to make baseball your career, the more things and the more jobs and the more skills that you know how to do, um, the better chance you're going to have of landing a good job and making it work for yourself.
0: Man. Casey, I just love everything that you just ran through. One, the excitement, the enthusiasm, all the different positions that you have held. You know, there were so many thoughts that were kind of going through my mind while you were talking. I mean, one thing's for sure. I don't care how great of a player you are and at what level you are. Everybody's playing career comes to an end at some point. And I I kind of get the feeling, I mean, D2 is big time baseball. And I mean, if you went to two World Series, you were absolutely playing with one of the top D2 programs in the country at the time and you were probably feeling really good about yourself but you were also being very realistic about what it is that you wanted to do in life and also what your playing abilities so forth were really about and you really kind of made a very heads up um, strategic decision and, and transitioned your career pretty quickly which is unbelievable you know you
1: yeah, absolutely. It was a calculated decision saying, hey, if I get started on this part of my career sooner than most people do, then I'm going to be more qualified for better jobs sooner than those people, too. You know, And that, that was, like, like you said, it was a strategic uh, de- 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 decision where I was gaining experience at 23, 24 years old that some guys don't get till they're in their early, mid-30s you know, so it really did propel my career early on. And, and, uh, it's the reason why at 27, I, I, you know, I was, I was the youngest manager in professional baseball anywhere in America that year. And, and without kind of starting my coaching and managing career at a very young age, then, then I don't get that opportunity and that opportunity lead, led to other opportunities. So, um, Like you said, everyone, no matter who you are, your playing career will come to an end. Some play longer than others. But if you want to stay in the game, there's nothing wrong with exploring all these other opportunities.
0: Hey, and what an awesome career you are having. I know personally, one of the things I've always kind of thought about is if I ever feel uncomfortable, then I probably know I'm doing the right thing. And I got to believe all the positions that you were just kind of naming about yourself and the age that you were and so forth. You've probably felt very uncomfortable a lot of times in your professional career.
1: I have. And like you said, if you're not uncomfortable, then you're not testing yourself enough. And, and uh, I'll give a story back. My first year of managing professional baseball, I, always, I also got hired to manage in the California Winter League, which um, is a league full of free agents, uh, uh, co- co- maybe graduated college guys, thought they were going to get drafted, that didn't. Uh, recently, released minor league guys. Anyways, uh, the league is staffed with professional managers, scouts, all that kind of stuff. And this is my first year as a professional manager. I'm 27 years old, um, and I get housed with Tim Johnson. Tim Johnson managed in the big leagues for the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, He played in the big leagues for a number number of years. My other roommate was Stan Clyburn, who at the time was the AAA manager for the Minnesota Twins. Um, He groomed guys like Joe Mauer, Johan Santana, Justin Verneau. Um, and take it, I'm, t- I'm a 27-year-old guy my first year in professional baseball. These guys are, these, these are men in their 60s, baseball lifers that have reached the highest levels of professional baseball, um, and I was ac- a- absolutely um, intimidated, you know what I mean? Um, and uh, I think those guys saw that I was, I was uh, you know, I was new to it, but they also saw that I had a ton of enthusiasm and a ton of work ethic, um, and that I wanted to learn. Um, so there was a learning curve. You know, switching from college to pro uh, or from high school to college or anytime you go up a level in baseball, everything changes and and to be around guys that man were managing in AAA and that had managed in the big leagues, I had never had any experience like that whatsoever. Um, but eventually what I learned was I earned their respect and once I earned their their respect, you bes- you begin to build confidence. Like, hey, if these guys believe in me, then then it, it must be true. You know, um, and so that's the part you got to fight through. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't, everybody would be doing it. Um, And once you get to that point where you've earned respect um, and then there's all the confidence you need, then you just, you you know, build off of that and you never stop.
0: Man, that's so cool. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for that insight. Let me just ask you one more thing about your own personal career, kind of how you got started. Once you made that decision in college, did you kind of have a specific roadmap in mind or were there just opportunities that just kind of came along and you just took a chance and jumped on it?
1: Yeah, it's actually a unique story. So the first team that I managed, I actually created. So I, I, I founded the team. Um, I came up with a team name. I fundraised. Um, I recruited the players. I built up a schedule um, I did everything. So I went into this going, okay, I'm going to run my own team. And when you run your own team, you figure out what, what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy. And when I first created the team, I was actually still playing a little bit. And I'm like, hey, this is great. But I've got a skill set that I just created a team that, that I don't see anyone else kind of my age doing stuff like that. So let me start putting myself in positions to learn other things. And so I, I became the manager. I'm like, I'm going to manage the team. You know, and I'm going to coach the team. And I loved that. And I said, okay, this keeps me on the field. It's not as, you know, maybe it's not as fun as playing, but man, it's still a lot of fun. Uh, I still get, I I still get to be on a baseball field, you know? Um, So, so me running my own team and kind of creating something from scratch allowed me to put myself in positions to gain experience um, and learn what I didn't and didn't didn't like. There were things that I learned that I didn't like too, but, but because I was able to give myself, um, opportunities to kind of do things rather than I'm going to sit back and wait for someone to hire me. Um, that's kind of how I got my experience early on. Um, and then before you know it, I do that for three or four years and I've got a resume. I have got guys that, that have been drafted and I've got guys that went from, you know, junior college into four years and, 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 I, and I'm like, Holy smokes. Like, you know, as a result of this team that I created, I've also built myself a resume that is now helping me get other jobs. So, um, I don't, I don't think everyone's path is going to um, exactly be like that, but I think there's a lot of people out there that don't know what they want to do in baseball, and my advice to them would be try everything. Try everything, and it's okay if you don't like nine out of the ten things. If you find the one thing that you like, then then that's what you, that, then, then that's what you pursue. Finding what you want to pursue sometimes is the hardest part
0: Man, this is so cool, Casey. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate your enthusiasm. And I got to tell you, there's probably not many opportunities that you have to really talk about yourself. And so uh, I really thank you very much for hopping on and kind of giving a little bit of background about who you are, because everything I've seen about you and heard from you, you're always helping other people. So absolutely appreciate you kind of jumping in and, and giving us a little bit of a taste of who you are and where you came from. One specific question I have to ask you, because that was so wild that you just kind of started your own team. Who who, who was that team, and how did y'all do? Uh,
1: The team was called the Redding White Sox, and the reason I started the team originally is because there was only one other team in my hometown, and it was so expensive that, uh, you know, like the middle-class kids and the poor kids couldn't afford to play baseball. So – um, I hooked up with a guy that ran a nonprofit in town and we said, we're going to make this team so anybody can afford to, 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 to play on it. And that was the idea at first, you know, like we're not going to exclude others in this community um, from playing baseball. Um, and eventually, you know, within two years, we got to the point where we were beating the team that we couldn't afford to play on, <laughs> you know? And so when that happens, it's like, that gave me all the confidence in the world. I, you know, I said, I created something that, we don't, we don't even, you know, require a fee for guys to play. I mean, and then you got this other program that's, that's saying, hey, we take the best guys and we're supposed to be better than everybody else. And we got to the point, you know, where a 23-year-old kid right out of college has a baseball team that's beaten this huge organization that's been around for 20 years that makes, you know, I don't know how much money. Um, so that that was the original uh, thought behind it. So when you talk about how much I, I you know I love helping people, it started at a young age, and 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 I think if I can't use my experience and my platform and and everything that I've been through to help people, then then what was the point? You know, obviously I love what I do, but but helping people. Um, is the most fulfilling part in, in in everything that I do.
0: That's what makes this game so good. Thank you so much, Casey. Hey, anybody that's joining, thank you so much. Absolutely appreciate you being on. If you did join late, we record this space. We're, we're going to retweet it out later. You'll be able to hear it in its entirety. Tonight we're talking with Casey Dill. I would say Casey Dill the blank, but, I mean, he has had a, a really kind of wild career and he's done a ton of stuff in baseball and I don't know if you could just single out one thing and say this is who Casey is and this is what the kind of the beauty of this podcast uh, or space tonight is to have him on and kind of walk through his uh, his career and also to kind of get a little insight into what he thinks is coming up in the future as well so Casey another another question kind of particularly about you and your background and I got to believe that this has happened but are there any particular players or coaches during your playing career or coaching scouting career that have really had a, a tremendous impact on you and kind of helped in your development as you become a coach and a scout?
1: Yeah, there's been, there's, there's obviously been a lot of them, but the one I'm, I'm going to give the most credit to, and I've already talked about him a little bit is Tim Johnson and, and Tim Johnson has a very unique story. I mean, he, he p- played in the big leagues. He was known as, as uh, mostly a defensive infielder, didn't hit a whole lot. Um, and he was kind of like me, where early in life he said, you know what, I, I, I'm good enough to play in the big leagues, but my future is in managing and in coaching. So he went into managing right away, um, managed in the minor leagues for a lot of years, kind of worked his way up through the minor leagues, um, and eventually got to manage in the big leagues. And for him, um, that was his dream come true. That, that, that was what he had spent his whole life um to get to um and then he has a very unique story um where he kind of got caught in a lie it was stupid and and he ended up getting fired as a result um and 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 i'm all about forgiveness so i don't judge him on it i i I think he made a poor decision and and it it is what it, it, it is what it is and it's it's changed his whole life but to me when i met this man um he embodied what a big league manager should be the way he carried himself his confidence um, but most importantly, he was the guy that believed in me first. So here I am 27 years old um, with some of the best minor league managers, former major league managers, some of the biggest major league scouts in America. And who am I? Who's Casey Dill? You know, like I, I, I was nobody at that point other than, um, you know, a young guy with an opportunity. So um, I had to earn everything that I had. And and, and Tim, Tim Johnson's um, confidence in me and his belief in me is what, is what made me believe in myself. It's what made me believe that, hey, I can go from being a summer league manager and a college coach to a professional manager and a professional scout. Um, and I don't know if anyone else, you know, in my, in my life was, was capable of doing that at that time. And uh, so I'll always be thankful for how he treated me, um, you know, at a tra- very transitional point in my career where I was going from college to pro Um, and, and I didn't really know anybody and I was very new at that level of baseball. Um, and, and, and so I try to give that confidence now to, 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 to coaches in my life, you know, uh, one guy that, that, and I'll name another name, coach Sam DiMatteo at college of the desert. I met him when he was playing minor league ball and I was managing minor league ball, never talked to him in three years when he was done playing. He said, Casey, I want to get into coaching. I said, you're hired. I hired him as my, my hitting coach right there. Um, and, and and I've got to help him build his coaching career. I hired him for his first coaching job, and now he's a college head coach. Um, and and to me, that means everything because now I I've empowered a good person who is now um, impacting and having a positive impact on players' lives. You know, so um, while I'm thankful for guys like Tim Johnson, and and I and I have more, I have more guys like that too. I always try to be the guy that gives it back too, and 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 that's how. That's how baseball should be. That's how life should be, you know, help each other out. If someone helps you, you know, I I don't know how I would ever repay Tim Johnson other than to do what he did for me to other coaches. And and so I make a point, you know, to do that every year, everything I'm involved in.
0: Hey, have you been able to keep up with Tim Johnson? And, And if you have, what's he doing now?
1: I have. He, he, he managed down in a triple A level league down in Mexico for a lot of years. And he, he's one of the most winning managers, uh, in Mexico ba- in, 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 you know, major league Mexico history. He kind of got, he got blackballed, um, from major league baseball And long story short, what he did was he, he would motivate his team, um, with, with war stories. And it turned out he never went to war. So I, you know, I don't support that. Um, but, but he has asked for forgiveness and, 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 and he's moved on. But as a result of that, uh, Major League Baseball banned him. And, and I'm not saying not rightfully so. But um, I admire the fact that he said, okay, I'm banned by Major League Baseball. I'm going to go manage, you know, A level baseball down in Mexico. And I'm going to continue to live out my dream and I'm going to continue to be um, who I want to be. Doesn't make his mistake right. I just always thought it was so admirable that even though he made this mistake and it cost him kind of everything. He still found a way to be him. Um, he still found a way to do what he loves. Um, and, and, yeah, I absolutely stay in contact with him. I talk to him a few times a year, and and he's, he's getting older now. He's getting close to 80, so he's, he's, I don't, uh, he's not doing a whole lot in baseball anymore. But he gave it a great ride into his 70s, and, and, and I'll always love and respect that he was able to continue his career after it looked like it had come to an end.
0: Absolutely. I got to tell you, one thing that kind of sticks out in my mind is we had the opportunity to interview Jeremy Booth a couple of weeks ago. And Jeremy's you know, he started Program 15, Future Star series. And the reason we had him on, he had just written a book, Inside the Mind of a Scout. And he made a comment while we were talking that really resonated with me more so than at any other time. And it's, it's something that I had heard, but just kind of the way he framed it and then gave the reason to, as to why he said it was incredible. And he just made the comment, if, with baseball, he goes, if you're not willing to walk through fire for baseball, baseball is absolutely going to eat you up and just spit you out. And, and, I'm, and, and, and I think that's put so much context into the little bit of background that you just told us about Tim Johnson. And I had no idea you were going to talk about Tim. And, and quite frankly, I actually, I don't even know who Tim Johnson is. And I think that's just, you know, kind of an amazing story as I'm listening to it. But Tim Johnson was willing to walk through fire and he kept walking through fire and he ended up going to Mexico and it had a, continued to have a great career and so forth. But the only reason that I even bring that up is our core audience is really uncommitted high school prospects. These are kids that are 23 24 25 and they're looking for an opportunity to play somewhere else and their dream is to kind of make it to the next level and when you listen to someone say hey are you really willing to walk through fire to play at your next level or not i mean everybody can kind of have a dream but are you really willing to test that dream to kind of keep pushing yourself and going forward and so You know, I had no idea you were going to talk about Tim Johnson, but I think that's a fan. You know, I'm sorry for what happened to Tim in in those circumstances, but the overall piece of just willing to do anything for the passion that's in your life. If baseball is your passion, you got to go after it. If it's not truly your passion, you need to go find your passion.
1: Yeah. And that's what it takes is passion. And, and if you don't have that passion, I promise you there's someone else that, that is competing for the same roster spot or same job as you are. And they will have the passion and they will be willing to make sacrifices that maybe you aren't. You know, like I've lived all over America. There was an eight year period of my life where I had a car full of stuff and wherever the next job was, I would drive to the town and I would do the job you know, and, and I, I, a lot of the times I say the only reason I've made it as long as I have and as far as I have is because I've never quit it, no matter how hard it got, no matter how much sacrifice, um, had to be made. My greatest accomplishment is never quitting and, and never burning a bridge along the way, like just being a good person and, and, you know, building my reputation. But it, it, you know, if you truly want to make it in baseball, um, you know, there are the guys that get drafted and that's, you know, we all want to be those guys. Right. But that's, you're talking about maybe 1%, if not less of, of, you know, baseball players are going to, that that's going to happen to, And that's the easy way you get drafted, you get signed blah, blah, blah. And even at that point, it's not easy because you're competing against other guys from all over the world that want your job as well. So, um, You know, baseball's like, it's like living in, you know, in the toy aisle. You know, everybody wants to do what we're doing. And and it takes the ultimate amount of commitment, walking through the fire, like you said. And and with that, and what you got to realize is there's sacrifice that comes along with that too, leaving, leaving your hometown, maybe living in a place, uh, you know, I've lived in tiny towns in the middle of nowhere. I've lived in big cities, wherever the next best opportunity was, how many people out there are willing to go wherever for the next best opportunity. And some people are, and a lot of people aren't, but, uh, but that's the kind of mentality it takes, whether you're a player, whether you're a coach, whether you want to manage, um, it's that kind of mentality that, that will keep you in this. No team. doubt,
0: man. Very well put. Absolutely. But you know what? My understanding is you're, you're living in a pretty good area right now. So kind of give us some insight into your current role with Palm Springs Collegiate League. you know, how did you, how did you initially get involved? And where do those players come from? What does the schedule look like? And even, you know, just even what the travel is, just kind of give us an overview of that league.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I founded, so I originally, so I'm in Palm Springs, California. Um, That's in Southern California, two hours East of LA. Um, It's sunny 12 months out of the year here. Um, There are a few months where it's very hot, but um, no rain, no snow, nothing like that. So we play baseball year-round. We'll be, we'll be outside playing baseball in December, January, February. Um, I, I originally moved here in 2016. Um, I originally came here to manage one summer collegiate team, but in 2018, I had the idea of creating um, a, a summer collegiate league that focuses on development and advancement. Like, I had managed uh, in, in some very what, what are considered high-level summer collegiate leagues, um, and you play 70 games in 75 days, and players get wore out, and, um, and and by no means am I saying that that's not a good experience, but, you know, a lot of these guys will, will you know, will have college baseball from September to the end of May, you know, and then you have summer baseball from, from May, you know, to the beginning of August, and, and you just play baseball 12 months out of the year, which – you know, for some, that's great. And I've done that before. But I was at a point in my life where um, I wanted to, you know, do, do that less. And, and the other thing in those leagues is the primary focus uh, is winning, you know. And, and, and of course, in baseball, you want to win. But for me, summer baseball is so much about player development. You know, you get a lot of guys that maybe they were stuck behind an upperclassman or they were stuck behind an all conference guy. Um, and it's not that they're not good, but they just didn't play much at their college that year. So what good does it do them to go to a, you know, a summer collegiate league and not play because that summer collegiate manager wants to play older guys, and he wants to play guys to win. So the idea, original idea was behind the PSTL was let's take all those um, younger college guys or let's take all those guys from smaller college programs and let's put them all in a league and let's make the league about development and advancement. So we want to prepare every player that comes to our league to go back to their college in, a, in the fall and earn and earn a, a, a starting role. The other thing we get is a lot of uncommitted and transfer student-athletes, and we help every single player in our league that's uncommitted, or a lot of the times we get junior college players looking to transfer, and we help every single one of those players uh, find a school. Um, a big way we do that, and, and I don't know why more summer leagues and, and places don't do that, is, is we host an uncommitted game. So first of all, we're a 10-team league, 225 players. Um, All of our players play at one facility. There's three fields all on one site, so there's no travel. Every day your game is at one of those three fields. Um, And we take that entire league, and we take two rosters full of the uncommitted transfer guys, and we play them on one night, you know, and we broadcast it live and send the link to every college in America. Um, We invite every college that's within driving distance of Palm Springs to come to the game. Um, And it's an uncommitted game. And and, uh, and we tell our coaches, hey, you want to come to a game and get 50 guys that are looking for a spot to play? This is that game and this is that place. It's not like you're going to a game and you're seeing one or two guys. It's like, no, we have 50 guys right here. Show up tonight. We have, you know, rosters on them. We have all their academic, athletic info, all that kind of stuff. So we've been really successful um, in moving our players on, 100% success rate. Um, and so we're the league that's kind of known as that as, hey, coaches, if you want to come and recruit, if you're looking for something, this is the place to be. It's the easiest place to come because we don't travel. You can see 10 teams, you know, all in one location. Um, and you can come for our uncommitted game and see every single one of our uncommitted players in one game. It just makes recruiting and scouting so much easier um, for these college programs. And it's also great for our players because we don't travel. So, Um, You play a game in the morning, you go to the weight room in the afternoon, you take it easy at night, you come back the next day and you do it again. So it allows guys to get into a very consistent routine versus, hey, we got a four-hour bus ride, you know, we play a game, then we got a four-hour bus ride back. It's like – and that stuff can be a valuable experience, but to me it's not the ideal environment for development advancement. And I think that's what we've created here with the PSCL.
0: Brilliant. Man, this is just Brilliant. I mean one I love it that the managers aren't under the gun they're not worried about being fired so they're developing the guys you know they're not sitting there saying I can't put I can't put you out there to throw you know the, tomorrow's game because you've been struggling no I mean that's kind of the whole point you know because because you, you're developing them so the managers aren't in fear of their job and then you know kind of just thinking about you know, I don't even know if it's possible. I mean, if you've got 10 teams, 225 players, it's a summer league. Summer's about to kick off. Is it too late for anybody that's listening or anybody that's going to hear about this? Is there still an opportunity or are you full for this year?
1: Right now, we are still looking for pitchers and we are looking for catchers. Um, However, if you are an infielder or outfielder and you are looking for a place, you can message me. We always do have spots open up, but the league fills up. It's filled up every year for the last three years. You know, there's no such thing as too much pitching, so we're always looking for pitchers. Every team will carry either eight or nine pitchers, so every team has plenty, but um, there's no such thing as as, as too many pitchers, but... um, yeah, if you are, if, if if anyone listening is interested in learning more, uh, yeah, please feel free to to, to direct me- message me, and I'm happy to answer uh, any questions. But yeah, our players report here uh, June 12th, um, so yeah, just just a, you know about a week away, and we'll get things kicked off here.
0: Man, that's awesome! So that is absolutely the best way to get in touch with you is just by DMing you.
1: DM me, and you can also check out the PSCL Twitter page. It's just psclbaseball Baseball 23. Um, we put pictures of our facilities up. We put interviews with players and coaches. Um, we put a lot of our roster commitments up so you could see the type of player that's coming to our league. Um, yeah, you, the, our website's on there. There's also a player application. So if you want to send me more information, fill out the player application. doesn't cost anything. It just gives me all your information to determine, you know, whether you're a good fit for our league or not. So, again, that's PSTL Baseball 23. And, And our social media and marketing team team does a really good job of of putting stuff out there so people can really get a good idea of what we're doing. Man,
0: that's awesome. So just one quick recap. So generally speaking, the players are graduates. So in this case, they'd be 23 uh, graduates from high school, a little bit of a gap year, or they would be JUCO, or they would already be in college, and they're just looking for a summer league.
1: Yep, that is correct. I would say every roster will carry three uh, graduated high school students. So, um, you know, so that that's about thirty guys in the league. Um, and then I would say the majority of the league is is junior college. And then um, you know we also have some NAIA and Division three and Division one. We have a little bit of everything, but I would say the bulk of the league, if you were going to break it down by percentage, would be. Um, JUCO players, because those are the players that also probably need the most help transferring. Um, so I think that's a big reason why we get a lot of JUCO players. But I also think it's a great league for graduating high school students um, because you're going to get to play co- you know, a, a level of college baseball with college baseball players, um, with a college baseball coach before you go to your first year, year of college. So um, I think it's great for those guys, but we, we, we cap it at three. Just because you know, there's a big difference between in 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 a lot of cases, and not every case, but you know, a guy that's played JUCO one or two years versus that guy right out of high school, and and we certainly want the the quality of baseball and the level of the baseball of the league to be to be good.
0: Absolutely, well. no question about it. I understand that. Hey, again, everyone that's joining, thank you so much. We absolutely appreciate you being on our normal. Uh, Twitter space is Monday through Thursday. It's at nine o'clock. Generally speaking, we're talking to uncommitted high school prospects. We take the podcast or the, the, uh, the Twitter space, and we turn it into a podcast. The name of the podcast is now D one speaks it's on every major platform that's out there. There's a ton of college coaches that are listening because they're interested in kids that are not just stats and video the beauty of this form, it gives them an opportunity to kind of hear from the student themselves to get, get a feel for who they are off the field. You know, what's their GPA? What are their morals, so to speak? You know, what it, what it is that they want to major in, really kind of the direction they want to go in life. And uh, it just gives coaches a sense of confidence that when when this kid comes in, I can worry about winning, and I don't have to worry about him off the field. He's a grown man. And he can take care of himself. So if you're interested in maybe kind of checking that out, and I hope you are, it's now D1 Speaks. Again, every major platform. I would ask that you subscribe. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star rating. Hey, Casey, one thing that is fascinating, I'm thinking about you being a 30-year-old working with the Atlanta Braves, and I don't know how old you are or how long ago that was. Probably wasn't that, all, that far back. But tell us about tell us a little about you being a scout, you know what I mean, and kind of how you got involved in the professional ranks, and then if you don't mind, maybe a couple of names that we would recognize that you kind of helped get to the pro level.
1: Sure, yeah, I'm 39 now, so yeah, was was nine years ago. But I get that question asked a lot, and 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 this is I, I have the perfect answer. I was I was managing an independent ball. Um, and independent baseball uh, has a lot of value to major league organizations, especially now since the major league draft went to four from forty to twenty rounds. They scout those independent leagues and make sign uh, player signing decisions more than they ever have. So, either way, um, I was working at the California Winter League, and I told you I was the you know the youngest uh, man, professional manager there that year. And um, a scout brings a player out, and he says, "Hey, we need a, you know someone to throw BP." And all the other guys point at me, you know, it was like we were there for eight hours. We watched two games and all the older guys at eh, Casey, you know, and I'm like, oh, great, whatever. So it, he was a Boston Red Sox scout at the time. Um, I can't remember the player's name, but he ended up getting drafted in the second round by the Cincinnati Reds. But I'd never met this scout before and I just helped him out. I threw threw his guy BP. Um, I hit him some fungo. Um, And that guy was forever thankful for me after that. That was his name was Tom Batista. He was an area scout with the Red Sox. Um, And Tom and I just became friends after that. Um, You know, when he had a player that he thought was going to get drafted and he didn't, he would say, Hey Casey, you know, sign him for your independent team. And whenever I had a guy where I'm like, Tom, this guy, this guy's an affiliated guy. You need to, you know, you need to come take a look at this guy. And over the years we, we, we built a relationship. So, um, after about three years of us kind of working together, I said, I, I, you know, I was bugging him like, Tom, I want to get into scouting. I want to get into scouting. I want to get into scouting. Uh, Major League Baseball, um, each organization will sponsor one guy a year to go to Major League Baseball Scout School. Um, Tom, in those three years that we had worked together, went from area scout to the Red Sox to national cross-checker with the Braves, So, which is, other than scouting director, one of the highest level of scouts you can be. Um, so when Tom became a scouting director or a, or a national cross checker, I said, hey, man, send me to scout school. Come on. You know, remember that guy I sent you? And um, in 2000 and uh, it was 2015, they, they sent me to scout school and I got to go to Major League Baseball scout school. And, and out of there, they hired me um, as a scout. And, uh, you know, I worked for him for three years and worked for the Blue Jays uh, after that. But that's how it happened you know I spoke about earlier about how uh, you know your reputation means everything and um, making sure everyone you meet likes you be a likable person work hard and be likable like that's all that that was was me meeting this guy saying hey I'll help you out I'll throw your guy VP no problem I've been at the field for 10 hours but you know I'll stay and throw throw, throw your guy VP and developing a relationship so um, you know when people say how can I get into scouting it's like I you know I figure. Um, I could call it luck. I could say it was meant to be, but, but I can't say that you're going to be able to do it exactly like I did. You know, like my, my, my path is very unique and, um, that just kind of happened. I didn't even plan on it, <laughs> you know? And, uh, so that, that, that's how it happened. And everybody kind of has a different story on how they get into it. And, and, uh, you know, mine is no different.
0: Man, That's so cool. I was going to say, Hey, it's pretty easy. I was going to tell anybody, you want to be a scout, just pitch BP. That's all it takes.
1: And my BP was terrible too, so I don't know why.
0: (laughs) So let me ask you, Casey, what's up next? I mean, you have checked off so many boxes at such a young age. I mean, thirty-nine. You you still got a long way to go, right? I mean, look at uh, Tim Johnson. I mean, you have got a long baseball career ahead of you. What's next? You know, so kind of give us a little bit of a sense. What's your short-term goals and and really, what do you kind of have out on your on the horizon?
1: Yeah, well, I, I love what I do right now, you know, and, and and when you find something that you love to do, don't be in a hurry to leave, because there's a lot of jobs uh, that you'll take out there that you don't like, or, you know, you don't like working with the ownership, you don't like living in that community, and, and I've certainly had jobs like that along the way, where I'm like, hey, this is a good opportunity, but this isn't a long-term opportunity. I had a lot of years like that, and so, you know, um, I've been here now since 2016, and So to me, I found a place that I loved. I'm like, I love this place. This place is beautiful. I love the job. I love the people I work with. I get to do baseball. I do baseball 12 months out of the year. It's my only job. I don't, I don't have to do anything else. You know, I get to do college baseball. I get to, I still scout. So I do pro baseball. I do my summer league. So um, for me right now, I'm like, man, I, I, I truly love everything that I do. The fact that, um, you know, I, I, get to be on a baseball field 12 months out of the year. I was, I was counting up the, the amount of games I get to be involved in, uh, per year. And it's over, a, over a hundred games a year. I get to be a part of, you know, with college winter and summer season. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and I do well doing it. And, uh, I certainly do have ambitions. I will say that, um, my, my true number one love is to be a professional manager. Um, and I think I would be great if I got into like high a ball or double a ball, uh, you know? Um, if the big leagues ever worked out great, I, deal, I do still have a long time to get there. But I, I, I always thought that hey, I would love managing high A ball. It's a, it's a, it's a good opportunity to develop players, um, help them get to the next level. Um, and so th- those are kind of my long term aspirations. Short term, I love what I'm doing. I get to make you know a large impact on a lot of people's lives, players, coaches. Right where I'm at, I'm not in a hurry to leave that. But eventually, someday. Um, you will see me managing for a major league organization somewhere. You
0: know what? I kind of believe that. Absolutely. I shouldn't say I kind of believe it. I do believe it. And I am so impressed <laughs> and so happy for you, the satisfaction to be doing what it is that you really love. You know what I mean? And, and just a little bit of insight. It's a, not even comparative, but one of the things I always bring up is my son. And it's one of the reasons why I really got into kind of paying it forward and helping other kids uh, live out their dreams. I found out real quick when my son was in high school how difficult it is to be recruited. It's just not an easy process. And one of, the, one of the limitations, of course, are it doesn't matter how big a school, P5, you can be Vanderbilt, you can be Florida, Stanford, it doesn't matter. Your recruiting budgets are still limited. And, and your time to be recruiting is limited. It's not like these guys are going all over the country and they can just watch anybody anytime they want. I mean, it's, it's very limited. So, it, and there's so much good baseball across the country. I'm in Florida, ton of good baseball in Florida, as you can imagine. And it, it was just difficult for my son to be seen and to move to the next level. He was a great athlete. He it ended up being very fortunate for him that he was recruited late, kind of late into his senior year. And he ended up, ended up going to a mid major, but I got to tell you, you know, The satisfaction for him, as he started to find out, was really not baseball. It was another career path for him. He majored in exercise science. His goal was to be a personal trainer. He loved the weight room. He was willing to walk through fire to be in a weight room and to help others to get physically fit. And he's gone on to a very successful career. Baseball led him to that, but that's not where he wanted to be. And I just love listening to you, Casey, just kind of walk through your year since you have got out of college. You're where you want to be. And I think that's so awesome. That's very fortunate. There's not a lot of people in life that can just say, this is what I love doing. I get to be involved in 100 games a year. If I get to move to another level, I would love to be in pro ball, but I absolutely love what I'm doing right now. And you're helping other people. I mean, I, I – and I, I can tell it in your voice, but I hope you truly have an appreciation for where you are in your life and the uh, the gift that you've been given and that you're providing for others.
1: I do, and I think that that's my blessing. And I and I will say this too: uh, you know, it took a lot of years of me being in the wrong place and taking the wrong opportunity. And uh, like I said, I had an eight year stretch where I'm like, man, I, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, like I'm, you know, I'm. T- 30 years old and I'm living in a basement and I'm making $3,000 a year coaching at an NAI in the middle of nowhere, you know, and I'm like, what am I doing? But at that point I had already left home. I'd already left my full-time job. I had already left, you know, kind of my, my friends, my family, and I was kind of already out there. So I'm like, well, if I'm already out here and I've already given everything up for this opportunity, then I'm not going to stop until I find the place where I want to be you know? Um, and that's, you know, like I said earlier, I think my greatest accomplishment is just not quitting when things got difficult, no matter how long it took. Um, and no matter how many sacrifices I had to make until eventually I got to the place where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I finally made it. It, 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 now it all makes sense. And all that sacrifice and all those difficult jobs and, and years of not making money and living in, you know, living in basements and all this kind of stuff. And, um you know when I was thirty years old, I drove a nineteen seventy two Chevy van you know and I, and I bought it because if I didn't have a place to live, I can live in the van and I never had to, but that was the kind of mentality that I had you know um and so to get to the place where I'm like, oh my god, like this is the place I was supposed to be the whole time I've made it now it's time to give back and now it's now now I'm in a position where I can help coaches i I hire coaches in my summer league for their you know, 10 coaches a year, it's their first time getting head coaching on their experience. You know, I told you about um, Coach DiMatteo earlier. You know, I've got a handful of guys where I'm helping them develop their their coaching careers early on. And then they're helping, you know, their roster of players and, and they're doing the same thing that I'm doing. So um, it, it just makes the world and the baseball world a better place. If I can create a leader and they can create more leaders and we all have that same mentality of, hey, help the next man up, then then what else can we do, you know? And that's the way that I see it. And, and, and if you have any other intentions other than that, then I just don't understand it. And uh, the fun part of that is I get to be on a baseball field and I get to compete and I get to do what I love and I get to wear a baseball uniform, you know, 110 times a year. Um, but the, But the heart and the intention behind it is developing careers, developing lives, and creating more leaders.
0: Man, it's just contagious. Could you imagine, anybody listening right now, could you just imagine being around Casey for a little while? Would you not be fired up? I mean, what an awesome guy, man. I am so happy that we've had some time to, to spend together. I mean, you are contagious. I mean, it's just awesome. Hey, let me... I
1: appreciate most of the times I'm doing the hosting of the Twitter space. So I love, <laughs> I love having someone, uh, you know, ask me some questions. So I really appreciate coming
0: Absolutely. On. That is so cool. Uh, again, our core audience is uncommitted high school prospects. So any uncommitted high school prospects that are on right now, whether you're 23, 24, really 25, or even JUCO, and you're, and you're kind of looking to uh, transfer after your freshman year, or maybe you've already gotten your AA and you're, and you're looking for a four-year school I would love the opportunity to be able to interview you. Um, again, I am at now underscore D1. You can reach out to me by all means. I will tell you that we're scheduled probably through late June or so, but we're going to run this series through the summer, and I'm sure it will probably continue into the fall as well. So we'll figure out something for July or August and, and uh, continue on. So speaking of uncommitted, I'm really interested in your take, Casey, because I know that you're still involved with uh, with high school guys, obviously, if you're bringing in some some transition guys, three per team, so to speak. What's kind of your ter- your current take right now on the recruiting model for uncommitted, especially when you take into account, you know, the rule changes for NCAA, which is probably for the better, but – also, just the transfer portal. It seems like recruiting has really changed big time over the last couple of years for uh, baseball players.
1: Yeah, it has. And, it, and uh, you know, some people thought that it would be corrected by now and, and, and you know, due to all the stuff that happened with COVID. And, and I, I say that it has not been corrected yet. We might still be a few years away. And and the main reason I say that is because look at the transfer portal. There's almost 400 or excuse me, 4,000 players uh, in the transfer portal right now. So if you're an uncommitted 2023-2024, you're competing for a college roster spot and scholarship money against those 4,000 guys in the transfer portal. And these are guys that may have already played one, two, three years of college baseball. Um, They've already, you know, had good grades. They've already been in the weight room for a few years. They've already developed three more years. Um, And and that's not to discourage you. It's just to be realistic about – about who you're competing against. Um, And the other side of that is that that, that's not all negative, but being realistic about, you know, where maybe three, four years ago, you were a division one guy. Maybe you were three, four years ago, you were a division two guy. And maybe now you're not. And that's okay. Because one thing I say is, is the right fit has nothing to do um, with the division you play in. You know, I always say too, college baseball, doesn't necessarily have set levels. They have divisions and sanctions. Division one, division two, NAIA, NJCAA. So the whole level thing, and this level is better than this level, and this level is better than that, that's more of a popularity contest, in my opinion. And the truth is, people should be looking for the right fit based on academics, athletic program, you know, uh, what's your budget, um, where geographically are you willing to go? Ask yourself, you know, how do I find a college program and a school based off of that criteria? Not I'm a D1 guy or I'm a D2 guy or I'm a this guy or I'm a that guy. Because the truth is none of that matters. You're 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 focusing on a brand. You're focusing on a logo. You're focusing on things that really don't have an impact um, on your college career or, or your life after that. I was a JUCO guy, then a D2 guy. You know, I'm now, now baseball is my life. It's my career. You know, so there, there is no I'm a, I'm a D1 guy. I'm a this guy. I'm a that guy. If you're saying that, I th- think it's out of ignorance. I think you don't know any better. I think you probably have heard teammates or even parents in the stands or even coaches that you may have had say that kind of stuff. Um, But I think that's all out of ignorance. I think that's out of all just not knowing how things actually work. You know, there's over 1500 college baseball programs in America. How many of them can you name? You know, most of them can't afford out of their recruiting budget to come watch you play because they're not they're not the top 50 schools in America. They're they might be small schools in the middle of nowhere or places on the other side of the country um, that, that don't know you exist because they don't have the recruiting budget to come to your game. So you have to seek them, you know. Um, and so that's my advice. I think people get caught up in the popularity contest contest of I'm a this guy, I'm a that guy. And I always, I always say none of that matters. That's all BS. It's all stuff that parents talk about in the stands players talk about and they don't know what they're talking about and the things you need to look at when you're finding the right program like i said academics it has to be a good fit academically has to be a good fit athletically you got to like the coach you got to like the program everyone has their own budget so you got to ask yourself how much am i able to spend per year on college and then geographically where are you willing to go you know i was willing to go anywhere and i still i still you know Probably would be. And and some people say, I don't want to play in the cold. I don't want to play in the heat. I don't want to go so far away from my family. I understand those things and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm also saying you're limiting yourself to the amount of opportunities you possibly could get if you if you were willing to go more places. So I didn't mean to make that answer long-winded, but um, I think that, that that's a very important question and I see people make decisions for the wrong reasons so many times and I can't press hard enough that you know, those are the things you should be focusing on, you know, not the other
0: stuff. Absolutely. So well said. One of the things that always sticks out in my mind is the goal of playing college baseball is playing college baseball. So, you know, you. And what I mean by that is you don't necessarily need to have that D1 or bust aspect because what ends up happening a lot of time, I think there's been a lot of busts over the years because they just didn't get the D1 or – because of the way the rules used to be, you may have committed as a ninth grader or 10th grader or something like that. And you had an opportunity to go to a D one and you just sat on the bench and you just never had an opportunity to play. So I always kind of think to myself, the goal of playing college baseball is playing. You want to play. It doesn't matter the level at all. And then the second piece that you really hit on this transfer portal, you know, a 4,000 kids that are in it there's going to be a lot of these kids that end up with nowhere to go. It doesn't mean just because you say, hey, I want to leave and I'm going to go somewhere else, that you're actually going to have an opportunity to go somewhere else. So I think we're kind of in this midst of a lot of turmoil over the next year or two years, and hopefully things will kind of start settling back down, and and you'll probably start seeing, I think, you'll probably start seeing the more traditional High school kids being recruited, junior college kids finishing their two years and then moving to the four year, and not quite as much uh, transfer.
1: Yeah, I agree. A lot of the guys, you know, that are in the transfer portal are there because they tried to force themselves onto teams. I can't tell you how many guys I know that say, "Oh, I'm just going to try to go walk on here." You know, it's like if you're trying to walk on, that means you probably don't already have. You know, dialogue with that coaching staff. They haven't shown a lot of interest in you. You certainly don't have a scholarship offer. So that means that coaching staff doesn't have anything invested in you. And it also means that they may probably have 25 other guys that they did recruit that they are invested in. So, you know, the whole idea of I'm going to go try to walk on there because I believe I'm good enough to walk on there, that's great. And maybe you are, but I'm just telling you that it's it's not really a thing that exists anymore you know like the coaches have walk on days because a lot of schools have to specifically state schools um and junior colleges they have to allow people to try to walk on but um it's it's i would say very very rare that any time does that work out and and that's how a lot of guys end up in the transfer portal you know they go for to a school in the fall they try to force themselves onto a roster they weren't recruited to they get cut or or they decide hey this isn't for me they don't want me here and that's how you end up in the transfer portal so Try to pick the right school for the, fir- the, the, you know, the first time so you don't have to go in the transfer portal too.
0: No doubt about it. You know what? And the other thing to always keep in mind, and it sounds cliche, but it really is a 40-year decision that you're making and not a four-year. I think you've hit on it 100%. Hey, Casey, thinking about younger guys, you know, the guys that are 12, 13, 14 years old, and, man, they are just dreaming about playing baseball. If you could just give them a little bit of simple advice, what is it that you would say?
1: Yeah, and uh, I know this one gets said a lot, but but good grades are very important. You know, uh, no college coach wants to be a babysitter. We don't want to have to make sure you're going to class. We don't want to have to make sure you're you're you know you're passing your classes. You know, I've had guys when I was coaching in college. You know, you're going into you know your biggest series of the of the of the season you know, with a conference championship on your line and, and two guys become ineligible because they can't, you know, they didn't pass their classes. So um, be a good student. It's a, You're a student athlete, not the other way around. No coach wants to make sure that you're going to class and getting your stuff done. It's always gives us peace of mind when we know that that student, you know, is going to take care of business. Um, high character, also very important, obviously. Um, and you know what, when you're 12 and 13 too, don't overdo it. Keep baseball fun. You know, I played football in high school. I played basketball in junior high school. Um, I did a lot of different things growing up. I played a lot of baseball too, but it wasn't the only thing that I did. And I never played it so much that it burnt me out. So um, it's okay to do other things. It's okay to take time off. It's okay to, you know, not, not play a hundred games a year, you know, or, or whatever that number is for you. So um, enjoy being young enjoy being a kid enjoy experiencing other things baseball isn't a job for you yet you know um, and then as you get older you prepare you know by the time you get to college baseball is a job period um, but when you're younger enjoy it and enjoy doing other things enjoy trying other things and, and definitely don't burn yourself out you know on it that young
0: Casey I gotta tell you man I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed tonight and uh and enjoy getting to know you and really who you are and where you came from and what it is that you believe in and and kind of the ground that you stand on. I mean, I have really truly enjoyed tonight. I've known you through Twitter maybe over the last year or so, but I didn't know who you were. I mean, you're one of the guys that are, you're going to, you're going to send out tweets that make a ton of sense. You're going to like things. You're going to retweet. You're going to be super nice, but to have the opportunity to really talk to you and find out who you are and what you're all about. Personally, for me, I have enjoyed tonight so much, and I, I, I truly hope that you have as well and that you got something out of it.
1: I do, I, 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 and I've followed what, you, what you've been doing, you know, the last couple of years, and, and you're, what you do for student-athletes by creating a, a platform of exposure, I know you're doing it for the right reasons too, and uh, I want to be a, a great ambassador for the whole baseball community, and I want to make the whole baseball community stronger, and more united you know the baseball community is a lot smaller than probably a lot a lot of people think and i only want to be a, a positive force uh for everybody involved in it so um i love what you're doing and uh you know when you asked me to come on tonight i said absolutely well you know two guys that are you know doing what they can to service the baseball community you know um Absolutely. So I I really appreciate you asking me to come on and and I appreciate everything you do for baseball.
0: Amen, brother. Thank you so much for those kind words. Absolutely appreciate that. And, and one quick plug for myself again, you know, our podcast, and this will be released on a podcast tomorrow morning, you know, I'll send it out. Please go find us. We are now D one speaks. We're literally on every platform that you can imagine. I would absolutely appreciate you guys subscribing And, uh, the five-star rating of course goes a long way as well. And, uh, I will tell you that we're going to go back to kind of our regular programming on Monday night, uh, tomorrow night, we've got Jace DeWitt. He is from Texas. He's a 24 uncommitted, absolutely looking forward to talking to him. He's got a bright future and I can't wait to spend, you know, 30 minutes or so with him. And I would invite you to listen to that as well. Hey, Casey, I don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to bring up tonight, but, uh, I just got to say one last time, man. Just thank you so much and just wish you nothing but the best of success and, and fortune kind of moving forward. Yeah, I
1: appreciate it. And uh, I do try to put out college recruiting tips and pro scouting tips and um, stuff like that on my Twitter page. I just try to tweet out information that might help people. So if you don't follow me, please do when I come up with a, when I, you know, something that I think will be helpful or some information that I think will be helpful. Um, I try to put it out there. I try to give out information that everyone can kind of take and, and uh, apply to their own individual college recruiting journey or their own baseball journey. Um, So please follow me if you don't. And, and, and and I, again, I really appreciate uh, being on tonight and having the opportunity to, to tell my story. Like, you know, like I said earlier, a lot of the times I'm the host of these (laughs) and, and I'm the one doing the interviewing. So, Um, It was nice. It was very nice to be on the other side of that tonight. And uh, I appreciate it. Man,
0: that's awesome. Why don't we end it right there? And I appreciate everybody that was on. Thank you guys so much. Hope you have a great Sunday evening and uh, great luck next week. Thank you very much, guys. Good night. Thank you.